from the world of sports to the world of pop culture and beyond. It's step one. Learn sports. Now, your hosts, Brittany Wench and Avery Harder. Hello and welcome to Step One Learn Sports, the podcast bridging the gap between pop culture and sports. I am Brittany Wench, and I almost forgot how to start this podcast because I feel like it's been so long. It has. I'm Avery Harder. We got producer Arby with us. We were supposed to do one last weekend or last week, but sometimes life just gets in the way. It truly does. Yeah. You had the flu the week before. Oh my gosh. Did I out come of down. commission? Uh, yeah, I truly did. So I think. Uh, and I do this to myself every year. I tell myself I'm going to get the flu shot. And there are people out there that are listening right now going, she needs to just get the flu shot. And I used to, I used wrong. to be a teacher. I used to be a teacher. But, and I still never got, I never got the flu shot ever. But I still got it. It came on very strong. Yeah. Um, so much so that I tested negative for the flu because it was so early, but the symptoms were so bad. They put me on Tamiflu right away, which if you're unfamiliar with it, it doesn't, like you can't kill the flu virus yeah just it just has to Otherwise, work its way yeah out. but tamiflu will like stop it from replicating and like that's like we'll stop the strand from doing that like internally so yeah. you are supposed to like bounce back so much quicker and you're supposed to um your symptoms should go away quicker i mean you're still gonna feel awful but you won't get worse is what my doctor told me and only thing that is lingering is a slight cough but you know that's that's it. Well, for next flu season, you just make your way down to the grocery store because you seem like someone that enjoys a trip to the grocery store. Oh, more than you know. Go to Publix. They give you a $10 gift card to get your flu shot. I know. Wasn't Arby's? Weren't you the one telling us about that, too? They pay you to be healthy. <laughs> I took advantage of that last October, and it was a beautiful thing. I, I did it twice. Yeah, it was a free flu shot. Took very just a very few minutes, a couple of folks in line in front of me, and got a $10 gift card, which I immediately redeemed because I needed some groceries anyway, and it was perfect. Yeah, it's not one of those jokes where it's like redeemable between X and X date, like you can't use it the same day. Yeah, the old, like the rewards cash yeah. programs in yeah, retail like stores. Navy. Come back in two weeks and you know all that yeah. stuff no it's immediate that's right you get your shot you get a pub sub all faux free well i and i feel like i lost an entire week of my life because i just slept for four days straight yeah, got up did. came back to work on a friday just like very very half of who i truly am at work and then uh before i knew it it was like the following week and we all had things going on but then it was, then valentine's, it was valentine's day, day. yeah bam and then a three-day weekend I know it was nuts, and then and we somehow came back. we made our way back here. Right here we are. What did you guys do for Valentine's Day? We went to a vineyard, Arrington Vineyard, down in Franklin, right outside of Nashville, and we got there at seven thirty, thinking we were going to have a nice little long night there. Yeah, sweet. Open up some bottles of wine, and then they opened up my bottle of wine and said, "By the way, we close at eight o'clock." Thirty minutes. Yeah, I was like, "Why did you just open this bottle of wine then? Like, why would you not ask and be like, oh?" Just to let you know, we're going to be closing soon. Did you want me to keep this closed? Right. Like, are you guys planning on drinking it here? Nothing. She opened it, took the cork out, and was like, have a great time. Be out in 30 minutes. And I was like, on a Friday night, do they normally close at 8? It must be their winter hours, which is what I'm thinking. But when Valentine's Day falls on a Friday, you extend your hours. Yeah. Well, I, They I lost love, money from us. I love Arrington Vineyard. I do, too. I mean, I still got my bottle of wine, and we just put the cork back in and drove back and ended up making a charcuterie board and sitting on the ground of an empty apartment watching SVU mm. on our phones. Oh. <laughs> on one phone. Oh my gosh. That Well, because he because your boyfriend just moved into a new yes, apartment. Yes, he did. Just moved into a new townhouse. So exciting. And no furniture was in there yet. It all got moved in this weekend after Valentine's Day. 
So it was really nice roughing little, it. Yeah, we were camping and then we left and went to my house oh, to go to sleep. Oh, excellent. I guess I'm not sleeping on the ground. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Forget that. That's how you get the flu. That's right. What did y'all do? <laughs> really don't. Um, so Taryn made me dinner. It was very sweet. Um, yeah. We were originally going to um, be at his apartment in Brentwood. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was driving back from Bowling Green because he works up in Bowling Green uh, as a sports news anchor for WNKY up there. And on his, uh, one of the days he was driving up, his roommate, uh, his family was in town. And so he was like, oh, shoot, like, I don't want to necessarily be like having dinner while his family was staying yeah. with them so and I totally get that so we just did it at my apartment it was so cute because when he was on his way to my apartment he called and he was like I'm gonna need you to go in your room and just hang out for like 10 minutes I've already queued up all of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills like you can just watch that for a little bit no, while his I audience. yeah and he just like made this sweet little candlelit dinner and it yeah. was the most like romantic thing. I wept the whole time because I was so touched and so moved it was the nicest thing I feel like anybody's ever done for me I don't think I've ever cried while eating pasta I must say oh no it was yeah and it was it was it was a pasta dinner with a nice little salad and he was wearing his little um his little he was wearing the <laughs> suit that he wore on air and I, I it was so romantic and sweet and I truly enjoyed it and did you get him a present delicious. I did okay oh I did I you've actually did. told me what the present was but I was thinking because did he what did he get you first um was it dinner was dinner his present so he surprised me Friday morning with uh, two dozen long stem red roses hand delivered, which he did last year when we weren't dating, mm-hmm. which is really sweet. Shoot, gotta shoot your shot. I know he did it again this year with like a box of chocolates too. And Ooh, nice. yeah, and he like showed up on his way up to Bowling Green and it was absolutely adorable. And so we did that. And then he also made dinner for me too. And I'm a quality time person. Like oh, yeah. I'm not a presents or a gifts person. Yeah. That's like my love language. So the fact that he A, spent the time to come and, and deliver the flowers and then to make the dinner and everything that went into it and then just spending that time together like to me it was just uh, above good, and beyond it was very sweet not a bad friday night not and it happened bad. to also be a holiday yes exactly um it was really sweet i was so happy about it um and actually one thing kind of going back to the flu um as we move into our news because mm-hmm. we have some news items we have to get to um one thing while i was sick as a dog on what i thought my was my deathbed the Jessica Simpson open book, as it's called, memoir came out, uh, was released on February 3rd. And I did myself a little favor. And as I was from from my uh, the the depths of my sickness, I pulled up my phone on Amazon. It makes it so beautiful. And I ordered myself that book. I am as Goodreads, the app says, I am 10% of the way through this book. And wow. I love it so much. I highly recommend. I mean, there are all she's it, it truly is. It's an open book. She just says it like it is. I am very surprised that as much of a Kardashian fan as you are, that you don't call it a memoir. Oh, interesting. As Kris Jenner mm. does. Does she? Is that what? Is yes. that her thing? There's a whole episode memoir. where she's like, I'm going to write a memoir. <gasps> oh, yeah, like, and repeatedly says it. And Chloe's like, a memoir? Yeah, we're not in France. Like, And she's like, a memoir. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's and so funny. It was very disconnected. One of the top five funniest interactions of, um, what's her name? Chris. It wasn't that the same episode where she had like a scribe follow her around? <laughs> yes. <laughs> In like a little desk, and Chloe's like, "What in the world?" Like, I, I love to, to work for to. Jenner Communications. Oh, I know. I think nobody works harder than Chris Jenner. Jenner does. That's, that's right. That's true. Um, but yes, I highly recommend it. Um, I told myself that I was going to have it, like, be done reading it by the time we 
did this podcast. But I got to buckle down. I just I slept the whole time. I didn't have any time to read. And then at night, I don't know if you get this way. I love to read at night, but um, I just get so my eyes get so tired. Yeah, that's if I can't sleep, I find the nearest page with words on it asleep in three seconds. Yes. Um. So yeah. So that was kind of a one of our big news items. And another news item coming up, this, so I feel like Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union have been in the news a lot lately. They have. With um, their transgender daughter and how they're supporting it so much and how he, in his upcoming documentary, is talking about how he had to tell Gabrielle Union that he's having a baby that isn't hers. Are you going to watch that? Uh, oh, I'm definitely going to watch this documentary. It's called Life Unexpected. D. Wade, Life Unexpected, I think. Um, the the thing that I thought was the most interesting was they talk about, uh, they kept saying, uh, he was on Ellen, saying uh, my wife, Gabrielle Union, and I, and our daughter, and our son, and all this. And I'm like, wait a second. They just had a baby. What do you mean he's got like a 16-year-old child? Yeah. And I had no idea that he had three other children. I didn't, well, I knew he had three other children. I didn't know that they weren't all hers. I thought I, yeah. the oldest one, Zare, who I just turned 18 within the last two weeks, I knew that he was from a former uh, marriage girlfriend, someone, but I thought the other three were from Gabrielle Union. I didn't know it was just the baby. I had had no idea. Ka- What's that baby's name? Kaya? Yeah, Kaya. Kaya has its own Instagram account. It does. Ooh. has a, way more followers than I can even count to. Ooh. Looks exactly like Dwayne Wade. Yes. It is a sweet little baby girl, and she has, um, she's cute. She has a memorable face. <laughs> she has a memorable face. She's adorable. I mean, I'm, I, I just, I, you think of like Gabrielle Union being your mom and then you look and the baby looks just like Dwayne Wade. I know. And I think the funny thing I always think about when I see Dwayne Wade is how like baby of a face that he yeah, has, even right, he with does. his like scruff, he has a very nice tailored, um, I guess you would call it a beard. I would call it scruff, but I think, facial I hair? think facial hair is good enough. Yeah. But you can tell he has those chubby mm-hmm. cheeks. Like, it's just how his body was made. And that baby has them Dwayne Wade cheeks. Yeah. Well, and apparently they've been making this documentary, Life Unexpected, which comes out on February 23rd, right around the corner. They've been making it for years, he said. Wow. They- so it'll follow him whenever he was at the Heat, probably when yeah. he played with LeBron when mm-hmm. they went through their uh, championship days. Yeah, I believe so. I believe that's in there. Um, and then, yeah, I think it, like... Uh, narrates his whole like relationship with Gabrielle Union because how long have they been married? Not even like that long. They haven't been married that long, but they were together off and on since I think 2011. Oh, really? I didn't and even... then there was a period where they weren't together for I think I read like nine. It was either nine months or 13 months. They just weren't together. They were v- both very busy. They didn't have the time to dedicate it to it, so they just went their separate ways. And then they got back together. And during that time frame was when he impregnated someone else got it oh so he didn't cheat on her by any means they just the ross and rachel were on a break i got it what do you think about that do you think they were on a break i I don't believe in breaks i think if you're gonna take a quote-unquote break it's like we're just gonna spend some time apart i'm not seeing somebody else you're not seeing somebody else i just need to get back to me my own routine i need to remember like what i like to do but I also am not the type of person to say that i'm more like i talk it out See, rachel emphasized from us when he said so you want to take a break and he said yeah let's go get some frozen yogurt she said no 
a break from us. Okay. And he said, got it. You would know Slammed the, the door, quote. went to the, yeah. uh, what's it called? The printer girl. I yeah. can't think of what they call her. Night the of. Xerox girl. Yes. Yeah. Night of. I mean, some people comfort themselves. I don't think, I know, but I don't think that's the right way to do it. That's just me personally. Everyone has their own opinion on it, but I just, I don't believe in, in breaks. Unfortunately, um, that is not current news. That yeah, is an no, argument that has been going on forever for about 20 years now. Um, okay, so another piece of news that I almost don't even feel like intelligent enough to talk about because I just found out who this person was today, but um, up-and-coming New York rapper Pop Smoke dies in a home invasion out in L.A. He was only 20 years old. It is a phenomenon for how many young R&B rap hip-hop artists yeah. have either passed away from an overdose or from homicide anything like that over the last like 18 months i would say yeah it is insane well and I, yeah i feel like i look at my phone every so often and it's another like 20 years yeah, old they're always like yeah 18 to 21 young. somewhere in that time yes. frame and then there's also one of my friends told me this there is something about the age of 27 oh dear in the in entertainment world where a lot of very, very, very famous, huge artists and athletes passed away right at 27. Mac Miller is the most recent one. 27 Club goes back to the late 60s, early 70s. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison of the Doors, Janis Joplin, mm -hmm. Kurt Cobain, Amy Winehouse, uh, Nirvana, maybe have even been I believe she was too. Yeah, there's there's a very infamous club in the 27 Club deal. Yeah, that yeah, it, it's uh, good, but like I said, goes back. About 50 years. That's so eerie because I'm 28. And you made it. I, I made it past. Thank goodness. I'm out of the woods. But what I think is so crazy is you think about these people, Amy Winehouse and Kurt Cobain, and I don't know if they just seem like ageless. Like I, I couldn't put an age to them, but they seem older than me. I Yeah, I would agree. Amy Winehouse, I always thought was in like her later 30s. Kurt Cobain, if anyone asked me that in like a trivia question, I would say that he died at like 85. I, I, I would have thought there, that he was 85. seasoned uh, so many achievements. Yes. It blows your mind that they are only 27. Um, there is a very interesting documentary about Kurt Cobain and uh, what is her name? Is it Jennifer Love? Who, Courtney Love. Yeah. Courtney, Courtney Love. Love. Courtney yeah. Love. I always get the two of them mixed up. Uh, but was it on Netflix? It was. Her, it was for a while. It was called like In, in Cold Blood or in, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I've it heard of was that. her private investigator Ooh. came on. Yeah, and he was like, she if she knew like what I would that I would be on this documentary talking about why I think that she's the one that was like covering up for his murder, then she never would have hired me as her private investigator. Wow, I'm totally watching oh, that it's, tonight. It's, it's amazing. Like yeah. that's how he starts it off. He's like, I get hired professionally to do this stuff all the time and I know when somebody's trying to cover up and I think that she was trying to cover up. It is insane. Like Honestly, I highly recommend it. As bad as it is to say one of the coolest, cool is really not the right word, but I don't know what it is. Things to come out of these insane murder stories is the documentaries. Yeah. Oh, I agree. We the Aaron Hernandez documentary. Yeah. Very, very, very interesting. I have not seen it yet. I really want to watch it, but would watch. we live in this world now of documentaries and podcasts. But we love murder. We yes, those, but like on the same level, you have such a, a voice and a bias and a skew when you've got total control over a documentary and a podcast. Yes. Like think of the the uh the documentary um Making a Murderer. 
I mean, everybody thought that Stephen Avery was totally innocent of yeah. everything. But then you, like, if you dig a little bit deeper in it, they're, the, those lawyers were just really good at their mm-hmm. job. I, I mean, uh, I, disclaimer, I'm not a lawyer, so <laughs> I couldn't tell you whether or he jury. is. Or a jury. Yeah, so I can't tell you whether he is um, guilty or not. But I just think you have so much control over the message. Reasonable doubt. There That's what they are masters of. Masters. Creating reasonable doubt. So that the jury is either hung, indecided, closed case, whatever. And I'll give you another one on Netflix. That's a great true crime uh, documentary. If you haven't seen it, is the staircase. Oh yes, I have seen that actually. Actually, you know what? I think I only watched like two episodes of it because gotta I finish started, that one. I started having nightmares. Oh wow! Well, maybe you shouldn't finish yeah, that. One. <laughs> I, I can't like watch. I'll scratch <laughs> that. Scary Retract anymore. that last one. Yeah. Lord. All right. Back to Pop Smoke. So it was a home invasion. They were masked. This is a home that he was renting in Hollywood Hills, which I mm. found out um, a little bit earlier today. He was renting the home from John Mellencamp's daughter, Teddy Mellencamp, who is on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. That's, oh, that's who that's that Teddy is. That's Teddy Mellencamp, yeah. Oh, my god. She gosh. owns this rental property. Okay, yes, she is on the current season of Real Housewives of mm-hmm. Beverly Hills, like you just said. She's pregnant right now. Yep. She is a personal trainer, yep. I think, or a fitness trainer. I love her. Yeah, she's one I of my too. favorites. I think she's great. She's got two beautiful small children. Yeah. She posted about this today. Um, she put up a picture on Instagram. It's oh. just a black background with a red heart. And she wrote, she didn't write his name, but she put a property that we own and run out in the Hollywood Hills area. Um, experienced a homicide and a home yeah. invasion. Like, oh my God. Heartbroken. Like, it was very vague as to not say his name, yeah. which I don't know why. I don't know if they're just waiting for actual confirmation because sometimes, you know, you got to wait three or four days from yeah. like the legal standpoint, yeah. even though you obviously know who it was. Right. But it just seems strange yeah. that Pop Smoke is somehow connected to. John Cougar Mellencamp. Yeah, that is bizarre. Well, I, I'm my worlds are colliding because I didn't realize that that she was related to him at all. But also, um, I was reading in the report, um, or I should say, an article. It was not the police report. Um, that the police said that it happens more often than you think that these homes that are rented out by musicians, um, in Hollywood Hills get targeted so much by these home invaders. Um, just because they know that they're renting it. Yeah, it's crazy. Also, to go back and watch, um his uh, pop smokes Instagram story because he it's like a video of him it was like 21 hours ago a few hours ago when I was watching it and it was him getting a haircut him taking a picture of himself in the infinity pool and then a picture of like the LA skyline later that night like probably hours maybe minutes telling people where he was man well it's crazy that kind of stuff is bizarre like to be an icon or like in pop culture in the public eye and to put your stuff up on um, like Instagram or public. I mean, you think, honestly, it reminds me of like the Kim Kardashian um, oh, yeah, the robbery yeah. in in Paris. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, those people live and breathe by by telling the world where they are, what they're doing, what they're wearing, who they're mm-hmm. with, like how much money they're spending, how much well, money they have. Now she posts like three days after the fact. Yeah, which I think is probably the smartest thing to do. Um, well, he obviously um, could not avoid that interaction and it's very sad but yeah. greg robinson oh, of the browns honey could have avoided everything that he put himself through over the last 48 hours i think that this 
is the nail in the coffin for his career. He is the lineman for the Cleveland Browns. He was arrested at the U.S.-Mexico border for possession and intent to distribute. And as TMZ, uh, TMZ put out an article, they, and I quote, say that um, Greg Robinson was in possession of a lot of marijuana, in all caps. Um, he went to Auburn, played there. He was the second overall draft in the 2014 NFL draft to the Rams when they were in St. Louis. And also, as the article says, he uh, was quickly considered a massive bust. He has not performed. He has not delivered. He's bounced around uh, to other teams. He's played for the Detroit Lions, uh, joining the Browns in 2018. And they had no intent of bringing him back in 2020, which is why I feel like well, there's no other teams that are going to pick him up. After he's this. found a way to earn him some money <laughs> yeah. to get all this green and take it across the border, which... Why? I don't know. Like, well, he had intent to sell. So I saw a really funny tweet today that said, oh, man, Greg Robinson lost both both his jobs today. Literally. <laughs> yes. He is completely un not fun employed. No. Unemployed. That's right. That's yes. right. Uh, so and I may potentially be seeing some jail time. So. You know what league? Oh, no. oh, there's Probably. no potentially for that. <laughs> yeah. one. He's under federal charges, depending on how much it is for intent to distribute. He is going to be in jail for a while. A while. Yes. A long time. Uh, I'll tell you one league that uh, he won't be playing for anytime soon. Yeah. Tell me. It is the XFL. The XFL. Extra fun league. Yeah. I did not know that that's what that stood for. You know, I don't even know if it's for sure what it stands for, but I'm making it stand for that. Is that what, like, if you Wikipedia it, does that yeah. what it used to be the Extreme Football League yeah. back yeah. in 2001. I guess that's what it still stands it's for. It's definitely not as extreme as it was when it first was yes. about. They made because, some changes. Because, Rhett, um, you can probably know this, it was only around for one season, right? That's correct. Yeah. 2001. <laughs> uh, Memphis had a team. Um, the team that won it was the Los Angeles team, uh, quarterbacked by Tom uh, Tommy Maddox, who ended up getting a contract out of that with the Pittsburgh Steelers. After being a draft pick out of college in UCLA several years before that, uh, the most famous player in that league was a guy named Rod Smart, who his nickname was He Hate Me, and that was on his nameplate <laughs> on the jersey. And there were all kinds of crazy rules because uh, Vince McMahon, who is the founder and CEO of WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment, uh, this was his brainchild, and he wanted to bring a professional wrestling-type coat of paint on this thing and revolutionize football. Now, what he did do is have some good ideas in this 2001 uh, first version, 1.0 launch, that the NFL and other professional leagues have adopted. Yeah. Now, this time out, it's a much more genuine, you know, real approach to football, and it's actually pretty entertaining. They have, you know, as you're going to highlight in this, they have former NFL players, they have college stars, um, they have eight teams, and uh, they have they've got some different things in this. Their their replay, instant replay, is something I think the NFL should take notice of in the way they do this with transparency and with quickness. And their kickoff rule is something I think the NFL should look at and adopt because guys don't get a, a running start uh, mm -hmm. to to knock a guy into the next week, and it, so that takes down the concussion percentages and gives the returner a chance for a good return in this thing i've been entertained by what i've seen by the first two weeks yeah i i have to agree with you and there have been and they do a really good job of kind of going through every single new rule and what the nfl rule 
is um, in its kind of complement on the website, on the XFL website. There are like 15 big rule yep. changes. Um, two of the ones that I kind of thought were uh, interesting, um, well, there many of them are, but the first one is two forward passes as opposed to just one. Mm-hmm. So in the NFL, you can only throw forward once. You can do backwards passes. But um, in the XFL now, you can do two forward passes, but they have to be before the line of scrimmage. Once you pass the line of scrimmage, you can only run it from mm-hmm. there. Um, that one is – will it, it, it'll be – It'll be so weird, I think, um, or it is so weird to see it, um, but just because you're so used to only seeing one, it it looks like a trick play almost. Um, but the second, wide receivers only having to have one foot in bounds, like yes, in college too. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I do. I like that too. I like the one foot. I do like the one foot because um, it to me is true. Like, yeah, he would. I mean, he was in. You know, um, the second rule is overtime. Uh, it's a lot like hockey where they've got five rounds and you've like you kind of go back and forth and whoever at the end of five rounds scores the most. Which wins. is imperative. I mean, the overtime rules in the NFL have got to change. And I believe that it's probably going to be involved in the coaches meetings this year. But who knows if it's going to actually get changed. But in yeah, the NFL meetings now, are in about five weeks from now, and I think that is something they will talk yeah. about mm-hmm. right now. It's you like each team potentially could get the ball, but if you're the team that gets the ball first and you score first, game's yeah. over. Right, yeah. The yeah. other things I like about this, just to interject for a second, I like um, the ability to talk to players as the thing's going on. The sideline reporters oh. have been working their tail ends off. That's my personal Like favorite. Diana Rossini is just running all over the place, grabbing dudes after they've made a big play and to talk. And then they even talk to the coaches at a couple of points, which I don't think they're very happy about, but they mic up the assistant coaches up in the booth calling plays. There's a lot of transparency there. The big thing that stands out about this league that I think is in its favor, you know, this time a year ago we had, when when Step 1 Learn Sports started as a podcast, we had the American Alliance of Football. Yep. And it was much more straight-laced, much more. There's a lot of names and things involved in this, but they had a great opening weekend, and then all of the TV packages went to sub-channels you couldn't find. This won't happen to the XFL because they have games every weekend on ABC, ESPN, and Fox. They have amazing, great television package. Amazing broadcast sponsors. The entertainment factor is there with the sideline reporters grabbing. Like you could have just thrown an interception, and they will pull the quarterback off the field and ask him what he was thinking, what he saw, what he did wrong. That's the kind of content I'm looking for. The direct access that you get, and um. So Oliver Luck, who is Andrew Luck's father, That's he, correct. he's the CEO of uh, the XFL, and he has said in many, many, many interviews that the goal of this is to be like to to uh, appease to the fan. It is all about the fan experience. So tickets to these games are way less than an NFL game. Um, you have more direct access to players. You, the, I mean, that's why they have. Uh, the interviews that you can just have right there on the sidelines, like right. Brett and Avery, to your point about like just a player coming off the field and and their attendance up to them. has yeah. been good. It's grown oh, yeah. each of the two weeks. Um, Seattle, the Seattle team had twenty nine thousand in attendance. Let right. me tell you, this, what's the Seattle's mascot this is name? My, this is my team, the Seattle Dragons. the The mascots that they've chosen, which by the way, they stole the logo from the University of Alabama Birmingham Dragons. To look it up. Did they really? Oh, Brittany's God. adopted the Dragons yeah. as her team. I have. I think. Uh, I think. I'm a I, DC I, Defenders I guy. Why? Why DC Defenders? 
I like to watch Cardale Jones play quarterback, yeah. the former Ohio State quarterback. And I, there's a couple of players in there I like. Don't know why. I just kind of have been fixated on them. But I've watched uh, almost every one of the eight teams now in, in, over the t- first two weekends. Uh, but I do. I like this. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, I like it because it fills the void for needing football and wanting football and withdrawals after the Super Bowl is over. And it's going to be a nice bridge going into the NFL offseason where we get into – free agency transition and franchise tags. The combine is next week, uh, and then the draft in April. And the other thing, going back to the transparency about talking to coaches in the middle of the game, I keep thinking about Titans head coach Mike Vrabel. Boy, he would absolutely love being able to be talked to by one of us during game. He would hate that (laughs) so Oh my gosh, he would go crazy. Can you if imagine he had to Bill do that. Belichick oh, on exactly. the sideline? My or like, point. That's you know a point I exactly. Want? I want Nick Saban. Oh, yeah. I want direct access. Back to in him. the Lane Kiffin days, <laughs> I want those both pulled separately for interviews right after whatever a fumble happens. The offense does something that Saban didn't think Kiffin should have called. That's what I want. And I think that's another thing they've got to continue to sync up is the timing of these things. Because in the week one of the XFL, and I forget what the, the matchup was, but the sideline reporter, the lady, was talking to a, was trying to get a, a, a quick interview with a guy who had caught a go-ahead touchdown. But they quickly lined up for the point-after attempt, so it went back to that in the play-by-play. And by the time they went back to her with said instant hero, it was time for him to go in and play special teams so she never got a chance to talk to him. So I they got to get some get timing things yeah. synced yeah. up. But yeah. they have some very good ideas. I agree. And the other thing, I, I don't know if you all noticed this, but in the instant replay, of course, they have an official in the booth. You can hear him mic'd up. You can hear the head official. You can hear the coach. Everybody's in concert with each other. But the guy upstairs at each game for the league is looking at the replay on a dang Xbox controller, using that to navigate his way through the, the shots camera shots on the monitor this sounds like a bunch of millennial dudes like barstool yes. sports created the xfl it truly yeah that's what it sounds that's like. that's what this guy's i saw it two weekends in a row i'm like that's an x that is an xbox controller well and you know right you mentioned um players and coaches and for those uh, of our listening audience that don't necessarily that are still like catching on to the XFL. They want to know why they're still football on. Yeah, they it, thought Super Bowl, they thought done. they were done. They got their boyfriends back. Close the door. <laughs> nope. No, here they're we are. They're still busy. Yes. It started the weekend after Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Yep. Yes. And there are eight teams. Yep. And uh, it's still the same uh, 11 on 11 on the field um, as it was. But they uh, picked some coaches. One of the most noteworthy ones is Bob Stoops. He is the head coach and the GM for the Dallas Renegades. He used to coach for Oklahoma from 1999 until he retired in 2017. They called him yes. up, pulled him out of retirement, and said, we want to, we want you to be part of this league. So he is um, kind of a noteworthy one, and he is the head coach for the Dallas Renegades, which has, uh, when they did the draft, they assigned a quarterback to every single team. And they um, assigned Landry Jones quarterback for the Dallas Renegades so he is and he ironically also played at Oklahoma so he is maybe not so ironically rekindled that relationship with Bob Stoops Um, he was drafted to the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2013 and there's a lot of 2013 2014 drafters that are playing in this league I feel like every player that I've looked up it was like oh they were in the 2013 draft or 2014 that was a really 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 I mean 
you think that college talent can't get better every year for coming out of the NFL, but I feel like the 2013 to 2015 stretch, there were a lot of who people thought were going to be Mm all-stars and maybe just can't hang because there's some longevity in the NFL right now. Yeah. One of the reasons that, um, that the Alliance didn't hold up was the the uh the like money flow issue? Oh yeah, they just kind of ran like, out of money after the first like weekend. Yeah. It went to zero dollars. Yeah, no, no, it was, they, no, no. Wait, hold on a second. They <laughs> they lasted eight weeks. That is it wasn't, not uh, enough. That was, that's a week. That's, that's a, week a week in my life. But yeah. here's the thing: that is like over two thirds of their season. But they. uh, This is two weeks short of what this XFL season will be. My point in this is I don't think we're going to find that same issue here because what Oliver Luck keeps saying is that we are not worried about capital. We're not worried about that because we have a huge investment. He wouldn't be worried about it at all because Vince Vince McMahon's paying him $4 bucks a year to be the commissioner. I'm sure Andrew can help out a little bit if old dad needs to That's like to have that amount of money to be able to employ people Four million dollars personally. Yeah, like here, I'm just gonna. Will you work like for me? You work and me head this four up? million dollars. I'll a year. give you. Yeah, you yeah. want it up front. Well, there's a greater plan with Vince McMahon because he sold part of his WWE stock to fund this thing yes. and then put his own money in there. But here's a greater picture that I'm hearing rumors about is that I love a Jeff, good rumor. Jeff Bezos is thinking about oh. getting. I, I'm hearing that that Amazon will buy. World Wrestling Entertainment at some point. They're going to take the WWE Network, from what I understand, which is not doing well in subscribership, and putting it under their Amazon Prime platform. And that is a precursor to a purchase of WWE by Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Can you imagine him showing up at your door with a... Wait, is is that Vince McMahon? The one that shows up at your door with a giant check? No, you're thinking of Ed McMahon. McMahon. Any relation? No. I'm sure somewhere in the line. Interesting to be both that famous and not. I would just say we're related. Uh, Ed McMahon was Johnny Carson's sidekick on the Tonight Show for many, many, many years. I would prefer Ed McMahon to show up at my door. Vincent Kennedy McMahon is the son of Vince Kennedy McMahon. Is he a Kennedy? He knows the whole name. Yeah, and he is the son of Vince Senior, who started WWF back then, back in the uh, late fifties, early sixties. He took it over in nineteen eighty. One or two and made it a national and now an international product. He said, drop the F. We add in an E. Um, another rule that I think no, they is lost a lawsuit. important <laughs> to point out is in the NFL, you have to wait three years after high school in order to play in the NFL before you go into the draft. Mm-hmm. With the XFL, you don't. There's no rule saying you have to wait X amount of years after high school. So what some people have been speculating is you're going to have players, maybe not freshmen in college, maybe more like sophomores or juniors who maybe the seniors and juniors that they played with are now in playing for the NFL and their core team that they've been playing with for a year or two is gone and they decide to not stay in college but to go and play in the XFL earn a little bit of cash on the side while they're technically still college age. And then at the end of that, after it's been three years out of high school, that they'll go into then the NFL draft. I would be interested to see what sort of developmental league maybe will come out of this, maybe for players who have the skill, didn't necessarily excel academically. I think this is is the long-term model for this, is for it to become 
they're, they're saying it's not a competitive thing. It is an ancillary thing, and obviously they're not competing season to season because they would lose mightily in that. Yes. But uh, to be like the NBA's D-League or G-League, I think that it, it has that possibility because you think about this. Uh, out of all the people that will be cut in camps in late August, early September, who were undrafted, rookie invites, and even draft picks, they could work in the late fall, early part of winter and and load up rosters for these eight teams that even possibly you know have expansion. Yeah, because somebody filed for an XFL expansion uh, trademark name the other day, and I can oh, remember really? what city it was. Hmm. I think there's there's a chance that you could see some stuff like that. Yeah, I think that we're going to see this um, continue in years to come. I think that it's had so far a great first two weeks. It continues this coming yeah. weekend. Um, I think that uh, people love to watch football, so why are they not? And the cool thing that I think is you see a lot of players, like, you know, especially in this middle Tennessee area, you've got players from Vanderbilt. You've got players, four, I think, from uh, University of Tennessee, Knoxville, You've got a couple, one or two from MTSU that these are players that um, played in college, either played one year or two years in the NFL or didn't end up going on, but you're now getting to watch them play again. So like the level of the level of competitiveness is pretty good, I yeah. think. Right? what do you think? Uh, it is. Uh, the the quarterback play is a little lacking on, on two or three of the teams, and that's the thing that will tell on a, a supplemental league like this. Offensive tackles and quarterbacks are places that you're like, those are high skill, high position, high dollar. Uh, you know, if you're really good, you're going to be with the big boys getting big bucks. But I see, I've seen three or four that I've counted already guys that were with a, a brief cup of coffee with the Tennessee Titans, mm-hmm. either in a, a rookie invite camp that I met or they were in a, uh, you know, preseason like Reese Horn, big tall white uh, wide receiver from Indianapolis. Um, played at Indianapolis uh, High School, the same high school as Blaine Bishop did that is on our broadcast. Um, he was with the Titans a couple of years ago in, in a rookie camp and, and through a lot of training camp, I think in 2017. He's one of the receivers for the Tampa Bay Vipers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen three or four guys, and you'll and I've seen other guys that I've seen in preseason that, that were on other preseason rosters in the past two, three, four years. But um, it's got a chance. Um, so if you're missing football, uh, and you're also wondering, maybe you're not missing football, but you are noticing that your boyfriend is still watching football. He's not watching. <laughs> he's, some not no, yeah, he's not lying. Yeah, he's not rewatching his team lose their very last game of the season. It is real. It is live. And honestly, it's pretty, pretty entertaining. And it's also a really good time to get in um, on the front end because this is the first year that they're doing it. I mean, the NFL has been around for 100 years. Okay, yeah. So this is the first year that they're doing this. Um, it's a great time to kind of learn the new rules and the nuances for the game. Uh, and Pick just, a team. Uh, yeah, hop on the train. I'm going to publicly announce that I am a Dallas Renegades fan. All right. Well, see, that's an easy and one. Because though. of the, ba- it's basically a, just a tweaked version of NFL football. Yeah, yeah. It's easy to follow. Yeah, yes. agreed. There's going to be some rule changes. If you know NFL football or even college, there are going to be some things you're going, wait a minute, that's different. And it, that's the that's what separates it. There are a few things, which we've mentioned, yes. uh, that, are, that are different in this thing, but almost anyone could follow. Yeah, just get your toes wet, and it'll get you ready for next season, which will be here, I swear, before we know it. And yes. in the meantime, if you have any questions about the XFL, if you want to talk about Jessica Simpson's open book memoir. Maybe read more than Brittany. Yeah, read more than 10% because the other, <laughs> I, I promise by the next time we do a podcast, I'll have the whole thing read. I believe that statement. I have a lot of traveling coming up this weekend and next weekend. 
surprise, surprise. So I have a feeling I'll get it done. Um, in the meantime, follow us on S1LS Podcast on Twitter. On Twitter, um, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever you listen to, any of your sound on. That's right. And if you are listening to this podcast as it is released, turn it off really quick and turn <laughs> on 104.5 The Zone because we are going to be filling in for Jason Martin on The Big Six. We are literally turning these microphones off jumping across the across the hallway into a different seat on another microphone putting our headphones on and we will be hosting the big six live on air um it will also then be podcasted afterwards for you to listen to in case you missed it that's right we'll put it up on our twitter at s1ls podcast yes we will be back not next week but the week after that because we are going back to every other week yay all right thanks for listening we'll see you next time bye